Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. NBA playoff best ball. God's game. God's game of best ball. My favorite personal format on all of best ball. We all love NFL. We all love baseball, basketball, everything else. But NBA playoff best ball is maybe one of the most fun formats from a strategy, roster construction, and drafting perspective. But how do we gain an edge on our opponents in this particular format? That's what we're going to cover today. We're going to figure out how to attack these 2023 NBA playoff best ball tournaments on Underdog, Drafters, DraftKings, or anywhere else that you can draft. And we're going to hop into a dance draft on Underdog. Finish up with a draft where we can put our strategies into play. Let's do it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy, happy Wednesday, hump day for everybody. The NBA playoffs are getting really close. I know that at this time of the year, there are a lot of people who don't love what's happening in the NBA, right? Even if you're an NBA fan, as I am, this time of year can be a little obnoxious. Late season, right? The final 15 games, 10 games, certainly now less than 10 games for for everybody. You have teams, some teams totally locked in to, to of course, playoff spots, but also some, some seeding. But really what's nice about this particular year for NBA playoff best ball is that nothing is really decided up until this point. We'll get into some of those nuances here in just a second, but it's really wide open in terms of seeding who's in the play-in and who's not in the play-in. There's a lot of tight races everywhere, and I think that that creates a lot of opportunity for us if we employ some of the strategies we'll talk about here today in order to get an edge leading up to the end of the regular season. Some of these races, in particular in the West, are going to run up to the very end of the regular season. So there's not going to be a lot of time. There will be some time where we'll come back. We'll probably have another show like this where we'll draft after 
all of the seeds who's in the play-in, who's not in the play-in, who missed the playoffs slash play-in entirely will be decided and we can draft according accordingly then. But right now is a really fun time to draft NBA playoff best ball tournaments because I mean, no one knows exactly how some of these things are going to play out. Who's going to play who in the first round? Who's going to make the playoffs? Hopefully we don't have any injuries down the stretch, right? But LeBron just came back. Ja just came back from his hiatus. KD, right? Like there's so, so is Zion even coming back, right? There's just so much uncertainty that that's good for us. If you're, if you're, grinding the best ball streets or even if this is the first time for you in in any form of best ball but also in dogs are excited dogs are excited for nba playoff best ball if if you are just now starting to good lord i don't know what's going on we're going to close this door one second that's hilarious that's hilarious. There, that is solo live streaming 101 right there is uh, have your dogs around and then someone comes to the door while you're while you're live streaming. Take that down. Take that down if you want to start your own YouTube channel. That's exactly what you should do. So let's first, before we get into a draft, before we really start to talk about some of the different strategy elements, there's a couple things, in my opinion, that we need to kind of go over. First, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the standings. There's a couple different ways to look at um, how we should project some of these teams moving forward. Obviously, where they stand right now in terms of the hierarchy of both the East and the West. And then we'll also look at, I like to use 538. There's a lot of other um, statistical models that are predicting, you know, who percentages to make the playoffs and, and those types of things based on strength of schedule and all that. Um, which obviously the standings do not account for. And so we'll, we'll look at those two things, see maybe where some of them differ and see maybe where then looking at some of the ADP and those types of things, see maybe where we can gain some edges on some particular teams. If you followed us here at Spike Week last year, when we first started drafting in this, this tournament, NBA playoff best ball specifically on, on underdog, but really anywhere, we identified through this exact process we're about to do the Celtics. The Celtics were by far the most undervalued team across all of NBA playoff best ball last year because they right quasi struggled for, let's say, half of the season in 21-22. They weren't really viewed how they should be viewed in the best ball market. They were the title favorites on 538 heading at about this time last season. But in best ball tournaments, you were getting for the, when they first opened, you were getting the Tatums and Jalen Browns in like the middle rounds of these drafts. Obviously they rose significantly, but even then they weren't really being treated as the title favorites. A lot of other teams were, and a lot of other players who, yes, right. Nikola Jokic is going to score generally more fantasy points than Jason Tatum. But the Nuggets were not the team that the Celtics were. And we have to factor both of those things into our entire process. Not just It's not just the team element. How far do we project you to go? How far could you go? But it's also you know, how many fantasy points you're scoring in a, in a given game. And so we have to do that, that delicate 
balancing act. So let's look at the standings really quick first, just to get a, a quick rundown of where the NBA looks heading down to these final few games for every team. Obviously, as you see here, we're, you know, we have 75, 76 ish games for some of these teams. So we have five, six, seven games left for most teams, which obviously makes it difficult to move too far. However, in the East, let's do the East first. It's a little bit simpler. For the most part, everything is locked in through the Knicks here at the fifth seed. Technically, right, the Cavs could pass the Sixers. Technically, you know, there's movement that could be had, right? If the Bucks lose every game and the Celtics win every game, you know, there are there's potential movements. But generally speaking, with six games left, it's going to be difficult for too much movement amongst the right. The Knicks are quite a bit back of the Cavs. Even two games for the Cavs versus the Sixers is, of course, doable. Same thing for the Sixers versus the Celtics. That is, of course, technically doable, but very, very difficult. So generally speaking, we do have these teams locked in, in my in my opinion. You know, unless the Knicks lose out, they're not really in a ton of trouble. More on that, of course, later. Where things become interesting in the East is, of course, at six with Brooklyn. Brooklyn, as everyone knows, traded away Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They have a really interesting team that has continued to fall back. Without those two, they are obviously not anywhere near the title contender, you would probably argue they're not a title contender with this this current team. They are a half game up. Um, they have the same amount of wins with one less loss than the Heat. So obviously they have a game in hand on, on the Heat. So the Heat and the Nets is a really big race. Obviously you want to be out of the play-in. The Heat, the heat are the notorious uh, resters. They're the equivalent of the, the Clippers of the East, right? The load managements. But down the stretch here, they're probably going to be playing the Jimmy Butlers and Bams and Heroes and as much Lowry as possible. I know Kyle Lowry is not necessarily playing every single night, including back-to-backs, but they're playing to win, right? They want You want to get out of the play-in. And I also think the Sixers are really good. I'm, this is not trying to throw shade at the Sixers, but if, if you're going to get in as a sixth seed and you play the Sixers with their playoff track record, James Harden's playoff track record. Joel Embiid, again, supposedly banged up, right? He just missed the showdown with the, the MVP showdown with Nikola Jokic. Um, I just think, I think the Sixers are really good. They are, of course, would be favored over the Nets or, or the Heat. But if you're the Heat, I don't think that you're necessarily, the Heat aren't scared of anybody. That's the Heat way. But I don't think that you're totally scared about that first round matchup with the Sixers. And so, you know, they're going to be and, and obviously all these teams are going to be pushing the the Bulls are two you know, two and a half games clear of the Wizards. It, it's this is none of this is, of course, locked in, as you mentioned, but it's going to be very difficult. Certainly the Pacers, who are not really trying to win, it's going to be very difficult for the Wizards to make up two and a half games on the Bulls. With this limited amount of games left, six games left, so. And and one more left for the for the Bulls. Technically not impossible. And if any team is going to totally collapse down the stretch, it might be the Bulls. But I think we can feel reasonably confident in this top ten. Exact perfect timing, as Artem says. I think the East top ten is set. I I think in terms of our drafting, I think we can be confident in that. 
I think we can be confident in that. Just we don't know exactly where the seeding is going to play out. As you see, obviously, here, the Hawks and the Raptors are tied. Literally the exact same record with the Hawks having the tiebreaker. But so all these teams, but all these teams are going to be playing hard down the stretch. And it's going to be very difficult outside of, right, Nets, Heat, Hawks, and Raptors will decide a uh, a play-in game most likely. Unless the Nets literally lose every single game. Um, but the top 10, I think, is pretty set. And frankly, the top five is probably pretty locked into seed as well. So the East, even though we just rambled about it for five minutes, the East is, is fairly straightforward. And in terms of our drafting strategy, I, I don't think there's any reason to... I mean, frankly, there's really no reason to dip into the Bulls either. Um, but if if you're one of those those types of guys that likes to get a little funky at the end of, of a draft. I think if you're going to do it, Raptors, Raptors heat is probably where I would live. Um, but Hawks is not the craziest thing I've, I've ever seen. Right. And then, and then Nets, which we'll probably touch a little bit more on the Nets later, but let's talk about the West because the West, Oh boy. Uh, separating fourth overall in the West, the Phoenix suns, at 40 and 35 and the 10th, the, the, and frankly, the 11th team. So from fourth all the way down to 11th is three and a half games, three and a half games from six, the last team out of the play in currently the golden state warriors to, uh, to out of the playoffs and the play in entirely is two and a half games. So of course, as we talked about with the East, it's going to be very difficult for, say, the Mavericks to jump all these teams, right, and the Warriors to get jumped by five teams and fall out of the playoffs. But it's technically still still possible. It's technically still possible, you know, for I, I with KD coming back, I don't know that it's possible for the Suns, right? But I don't know. The Clippers don't have Paul George. It is technically possible that they lose out and fall behind all, all of these teams. I'm, that's not what I'm predicting, but it's just it just goes to show you that we have those top two seeds basically locked in. Denver, of course, and the Grizzlies. The Kings are pretty much locked in. to the So you have your top three, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings. You're confident drafting those teams. Well, co- as confident as you can be in a team in the West because they're pretty much locked into their seeds. They're locked into home court for at least... Um, around and there's not really you know this late season risk like you have with these other teams but this makes for the like kind of the interesting variable around these playoff best ball tournaments is that we really no one no one has any idea from seed four down to 11 where you're not even making the play in we don't know how this is going to go the suns could be fourth the suns could be seventh eighth the Mavericks could be out of the playoffs entirely despite the fact that they have Luka and Kyrie Minnesota who look left for dead the Pelicans who look left for dead right you have the Lakers LeBron is back they're going to be doing everything they can to get out of the play-in but probably still most likely in the play-in are the Thunder even trying to win do the Thunder want to make the play-in or do they do they rest some of these guys and then the Mavs maybe get a little boost it's very, very tough. What I will say at a super high level, I'm um, just thinking about the Mavs. The Mavs and the, the Thunder, I would say, 
Um, the Mavs in particular, despite the fact that they have Luca and they have Kyrie, I think they're probably a little overpriced now, given what we've seen from this team in best ball tournaments. I, I think that when you have Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving on, on Kyrie Irving on your team, you can win a game against anyone. And so if they came out of the play-in, would I be ultimately surprised? N- no, I don't think so. But that's that that doesn't even count for our playoff best ball scoring, right? We want the actual top eight teams. And that's when the scores start, the real first round, not the play-in. And so I, I find it very difficult to think that the Mavericks are really much in play for playoff best ball tournaments. I, I think, generally speaking, our draft capital is probably best spent, best spent elsewhere, which is crazy to say, because you do have, obviously, the counter would be, okay, if they make it into that, right, they make it through the play-in, and they make it into that top eight, and they played the Nuggets or whatever in the first round. They can win some games against the Nuggets. Luka and Kyrie are that good. They're going to be huge dogs in that in that series, but if it goes deep and Luca and Kyrie are cheap enough, their raw points could be useful in later rounds. The problem is that they're not necessarily priced like total, you know, total scrubs who have no chance of making the making a run in the, in the playoffs. I'm looking up. Uh, so Luca Luca goes 29th overall, which is much cheaper than when he opened, and Kyrie goes 46. So Kyrie is much closer to that, um, you know, total punt area. But you, but still, you have to spend a little bit at least to get those guys. And so just that's just a quick Mavericks take. The Thunder, I actually think would be. I don't think the top teams really want to play. Would really want to play the Thunder, but we'll we'll see. We'll see what goes on there. But all this is to say that even even though the East is set, you can have your your kind of opinions on on these teams heading into the playoffs, and and you should. But it's so wide open, right? If the fourth seed and the eleventh seed are very very close together this late in the year, it's probably an indicator that there's not really any dominant team in the West. And so I think we can be, I just was shitting on the Mavericks as picks, but if you feel the Mavericks are undervalued and they can make a run in these playoffs because of how kind of lackluster the West is a bunch of right above average to above average teams, anyone can really make a run. And so uh, this is a good take. This is this is a great comp from Travis. Travis says Luca should basically be in the Trey Young range, which Trey goes 56th overall, and Luca goes 29th overall. You could argue, okay, Trey Trey scores a little less per game, right? And just the power of Luca gives them a little bit better advancement odds than Trey, so he should go a little higher. But I think 29th versus 56th is is a bit steep. And a little bit of that is Luca was just priced higher before because they've really plummeted in the standings. And so, um, anyway, wide open. Wide open. If you believe in the Pelicans, maybe Zion's coming back. You believe in the Lakers? I kind of, we'll get to that. I kind of like the Lakers. If you believe in the Lakers at full strength with the new players, 
Russell, Beasley, Vanderbilt, right? Austin Reeves, apparently the second coming of um, Michael Jordan. And LeBron is back healthy in AD. The Lakers have been awesome with with these new additions that they made in healthy LeBron. Can they make a run? I think so. Am I am I predicting it? No, not necessarily. But the West is completely wide open. The West is completely wide open. Let's look really quickly at the um, – yes, Artem said, are you doing a live draft? Yep, we're going to walk through just a couple of things. I'm going to walk through the 538 odds and walk through some general like strategy ideas and then we'll hop in and then we'll hop in a draft all right let's do 538 oops all right so obviously like we said at the top a different element than just looking at the standings and kind of eyeballing is using um something like a, a very sharp model with 538 right they're using raptor player ratings they're using strength of schedule down the stretch and those things to determine um all these different elements the chance of making the playoffs as you see here there's a bunch of teams with check marks meaning they are in the they're they're in the playoffs and then chance of making the finals and chance of winning it all so we'll start at the top and you see bucks celtics 20, 20% and 17% chance of winning the finals, which is kind of funny because obviously they're both in the same conference and they both have very high chances of making the finals, but the Nuggets and Grizzlies have slightly higher chances of making the finals because they don't have to play either the Bucks or the Celtics. So um, in most drafts, it's probably going to be likely that you, you are drafting either Bucks or Celtics. That's not a rule. Because if they meet in the conference championship, that can be totally fine. You can have a couple bucks, a couple Celtics, right? And as long as you nail the West winner, let's just say, let's just say, eh, let's not do the Warriors. Let's do some, let's do our Lakers, our Lakers. I, I really hated the Lakers for my entire life. And now I'm going to sit here and root for them. But let's just say a, because the West is so wide open, one of the lesser teams is the one who makes it to the finals. Right, So for NBA playoff best ball, we have to advance out of the first round, to advance out of the second round, we have to advance out of the third round to make it to the NBA Finals. And then we're going to play a bunch of other teams who have advanced to the NBA Finals with their roster. There's going to be teams that have no players left, there's going to be teams that have a couple players left, and there's going to be teams that fill out an entire starting lineup. That's what we want to be. We want to be the teams that make make the final round of these tournaments, and then we can com- we can fill out an entire starting lineup in those finals because then obviously we're going to beat all the teams that don't don't have enough players to fill out the starting lineups and we're going to compete with the small percentage small ish depending upon how the playoffs play out percentage of teams that have a an entire roster right and then we just need to score the most points over the NBA finals so that version of Bucks Celtics if you hone in on Bucks Celtics early you can go to the west later right let's build for the lakers making the finals out of the west and then i'm just going to take my i don't care i'm going to draft a couple bucks and a couple celtics and i'm going to draft some lakers and i don't really care who out of the bucks or celtics make the finals right because i'm just trying to set myself up as we go through the draft you're always trying to set yourself up to 
maximize your chances of winning this whole tournament, which means I need to have a team that's built for a scenario. It doesn't matter if you believe something is likely. The draft doesn't always give you what is mo- what you think is most likely to happen, right? If, if you put a gun to my head right now and you said, what's the most likely finals? I think I would say Bucks and Suns. But the draft is accounting for that being the most likely scenario, right? Everybody's on the Suns. Everybody's drafting the Bucks. Giannis is the freaking guy on the thumbnail for this. <laughs> like, you're not, if it's Bucks, Suns, how do you get a Bucks, Suns team to the final that can fill out a roster is one strategy element. Or building for some scenario, like the playoffs are crazy, We pretend like it's so wildly predictable, but if you look at this screen right here, no team has a better than 20% chance of making the NBA Finals or winning the NBA championship. No team has a greater than 32% chance of making the Finals. And yes, the Cavs, right, and the Suns and the Timberwolves are not as good as those top teams. But we're talking about one, you know, uh, 8% chance versus a 30% chance. Of course, the 30% chance is going to happen more often, but that's still 8% of the time that it happens for the Cavs or the Suns or the Timberwolves, right? 3% of the time, the Lakers are going to make it to the finals. And frankly, we don't care who wins the NBA championship in this contest. We just need to get the teams there. And so you have to be willing to build for all scenarios, no matter how much you believe, right? We had a conversation in, the Spike Week Discord. If you are not a member of the Spike Week Discord, it is 100% free and filled with tons and tons of incredible best ball minds, sickos drafting these kinds of tournaments year round. There's a link. There's a link in the description. So pop in there. We had a great discussion where there were some people who just don't believe in the Cavs, right? The Cavs are not, they don't believe that the Cavs can beat any of the top three teams and make a run in the East. And that's a perfectly reasonable take. I don't have any pro- that's 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 a fine opinion. The problem is that from a math standpoint, it's not true, as you see here from a, a strong statistical model. Say whatever you want about exactly how 538 runs it, but they have a reasonable chance of making it to the finals. Eight percent versus thirty percent for the Bucks and the Celtics, and twenty-five percent for the Sixers. They have a chance. And so you can't only build for the most likely scenario. You can build for some of those, and there will be strategic elements to building for the most likely scenario because ADP doesn't make it easy on you. But the flip side is that you can also build for the slightly less likely scenario. The Cavs make it. The Timberwolves make it. The Lakers make it. The Knicks make it, right? And you can also be rewarded when you build a team with some of those players, even if they don't make it, if you structure it appropriately, right? The Cavs can be secondary, what we would call secondary stacks. You have a main team and you have, uh, generally in these contests, you'd have a main team on one side, right? Let's say the West here. I'm building for the Grizzlies to come out of the West. Then I can build with a couple, two or three teams from the East, right? I just pair a couple of guys up. Give me two Cavs. Give me give me Jared Allen and Darius Garland. If the Cavs make it, I'm good. And if the Cavs make a run, right? The Cavs win the first round series. Cavs 
push the second round series to seven games or something, that's beneficial in this format too. So those correlation elements, despite what might be the most likely championship matchup, that's even it's even more important to play through these various different scenarios. That's probably the biggest edge. And structuring your teams to allow yourself a chance to get these different matchups into the finals, as well as be able to fill out a roster in the finals. I say all this, and I'm going to hop in a draft, and you guys are going to snipe me, and I won't be able to fill out a full roster. But it's just important if you're if you learn one thing from this entire this entire little show strategy session here. How do you win in these tournaments? It's building for scenarios that allow you to win the tournament. It's not predicting. The goal is not to predict the championship matchup, right? If you, if you told me to predict the championship matchup, like I said, I think I would probably say Bucks Suns. So of course I will probably draft some Bucks Suns teams. But you're never really going to get the best players from all of those teams, which then in turn makes it difficult to continue to advance throughout this tournament. So an easy alternative is to not only build for the scenarios in which you believe are the most likely outcomes. It is to build for alternative scenarios as well as factoring in those alternative scenarios to some of the most likely scenarios. Right. Give me bucks. And then I can't afford the you know, I can't afford Kevin Durant when I'm getting some of the the best bucks so let that's when I, let's get some timberwolves and let's get some lakers and let's get some you know there's some some cheaper warriors let's get some of the you know the cheaper grizzlies let's let's build in these combinations of players so that i give myself a chance to win this tournament in it on every single one of my teams i have a scenario or multiple scenarios that can play out throughout the course of the playoffs and then you just kind of let that correlation Right, you let that correlation. And if you are building for a Bucks make the championship, when you start to put together your Western Conference players, you drafted Anthony Edwards. Take take Cat or Gobert, right? Or another or a total punt, Jaden McDaniels. You know, someone like that as one of your later picks, as opposed to the best player available, because you have already placed that bet on the Timberwolves. A couple of years ago, the Hawks made a run right in the playoffs, a very unexpected run that no one saw coming, beat the Sixers, basically the end of Ben Simmons' career, beat the Sixers, and didn't make the finals. But you needed to have Hawks on your team. And so if you drafted Trey and John Collins or Boyan Bog, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. You know, you did things like that. Those lesser guys, because you court, you're, I'm going to just build for maybe the Hawks win a series or two. It doesn't always have to be you predicted the exact perfect matchup, the exact perfect playoff run out with every single pick. So let's put, let's put some, some, of, this, some of this into practice. All right, let me... Share the underdog screen. I do have the ADP up here. And let's hop into... My God, they have so many tournaments open now. Where is it? The dance. 22% full. We need two more people into the dance. If you're watching, let's do it. And we're full. So we'll see if we can put some of these... Oh, my Lord. 
red badge, white and black badge, red badge, red badge, red badge, red badge. You guys are the worst. I'm sitting here trying to record a video of making good strategic teams in this, and it's a bunch of people who are really good at drafting. We couldn't get, uh, you know, a bunch of non, non-badge drafters in this one. But one thing that I do love to do in these playoff best ball contests is, well, I draft in volume. And so that luckily they have some even cheaper tournaments. If you don't want to spend 10 bucks per, per tournament, a use promo code spike. If you haven't deposited and played on underdog yet, get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars, which would be pretty sweet. If you want to draft 10 teams into the dance, deposit a hundred bucks, get a free hundred. Now you got 20 teams for the price of 10, but they have cheaper tournaments too, you know? And I, I do think it's important in these tournaments to if you're going to commit to it, I think drafting multiple teams, right? It depends. It, it's up to everybody how many specifically you want to draft, you know, whether that's 10 or 15, 20, 50, or 150. It's up to each person. All right. So here's what, I, here, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to do what I talked about with the West and go to, since the West is more wide open at this given point in time, I'm just going to build around the Celtics, right? I'm going to guarantee that the Celtics make the final or guarantee. This team is is saying that Celtics are going to make the final, right? I'm drafting like I'm right. And so I'm drafting like the Celtics are going to make the final. And if we scroll down to the roster, you see I need to have a guard, a big, a wing, and two flexes in my starting lineup. And then I have five extra spots of quote unquote bench players. So I need, so I have a, I have a wing, right? I need to make sure I have a guard, a big, and two flexes that will fill out my lineup throughout the course of the playoffs, and in particular in the NBA championship. So I need a requisite number of Celtics, and then I will start to backfill my Celtics. And you don't have to do it right. right? You don't have to take all – this is something that people do all the time that I think is a big edge for us is people will start and say, I took Jason Tatum. I have to take – right? It's not that easy to get Tatum and Jalen Brown, but I, I have to – unless you're taking him at the turn. I have to – go three Celtics right away and then start to backfill. It's not true. You just have to know and kind of keep in mind, right? I'm, I'm not necessarily going to do it here. Maybe I will just, just to show. And if you guys snipe me, you guys are assholes. If I were drafting at home by myself, well, I guess I am drafting at home and by myself, but if I were drafting off stream, I would just, once I took Tatum, let's put, let's put these, Celtics into the queue. I don't know about Grant Williams, but we'll put them on there anyway. Right? So now I have all the Celtics ready. If I absolutely default, timeout, can't figure out who I want to draft, I'll have my I'll, I'll be taking a Celtic. So I'll I'll be adding to my stack and that's totally fine. But having it here and having it visible on your screen is also helpful because you know, okay, look. If Jalen Brown doesn't come back to me, it's totally fine. Look, I got Marcus Smart in a, a couple rounds. I got Rob Williams in a couple rounds. I got Al Horford. I know that I'll be able to have, right? And you technically really only need, like, let's say three Celtics. Maybe you want a little more, but you don't need, because then you just need a, two players from the West as long as they fit those positions. See, there goes Jalen. So I wouldn't, ah, damn, there goes there goes Booker. So now I am going to focus on this West, this Western, this Western Conference. 
because I started, I started Celtics. I'm building for this Celtics championship run or finals run. So Steph obviously makes a ton of sense. But what I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little I'm gonna get a little funky here. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna go with Sabonis if I can click the button. The Kings, I think, are a smidge underrated in these drafts. This also doesn't totally lock me out of Curry, Murray, Aiton, or Chris Paul, or Kawhi Leonard, or Jaron Jackson Jr., right? You see all of these really good West players. But I do think something you'll learn reasonably quickly is the big position is not awesome. <laughs> a lot of the best teams outside of Jokic, like, right, there's Jokic and Embiid, and like Aiton is fine. But like Aiton is a pick that's like you're just going to hang in there at the big position. And uh, see, so now I'm going to take Steph. So I'll have Kings and Warriors starting to be set up on the Western Conference side. So the, the and technically now the other great thing about not forcing Celtics along with my Tatum immediately is that technically now I I could build around the Warriors right if things don't play out awesome for me with how the Celtics go. Maybe they all go before my next pick. I'm not expecting that, but they, it just doesn't work out right. The draft doesn't give me what I wanted. I started and I said, I want the Celtics, but the draft, all you sickos with your badges, take away what I wanted to build. I still have warriors available to me and I still, I, I could throw a Celtic on later and only take two of them and then flip back around and still make a team that maybe has two Eastern conference teams and two Western conference teams. So now I'm going to draft Kings warriors with just a couple Celtics. And then let's throw in, right. This is when your heat come into play or your Raptors come into play or your Knicks come into play or those types of teams come, come into play and just being fluid throughout that draft at all times with your scenarios and don't be stuck on. I took that Celtic time to smash the Celtics and then figure it out. Or I took that Celtic. I have to, I'm committed to, to drafting four Celtics. The draft is not always going to give you everything that you want. A lot of the times it will, frankly, because everybody's out building their own thing, right? I'm on the Celtics. If you didn't get Tatum, you may not love the Celtics, but you also should probably build some Celtics teams that don't have Tatum. I don't know how many, but not every winning team is going to be Jason Tatum if the Celtics make the finals. You know what I mean? So just all sorts of those different things spinning in your head. So right now I have what's also nice is I have a guard, I have a wing, and I have a big. All right, I am going to take De'Aaron Fox, wrap up. I'm not going to take any more Kings. Wrap up my Kings Fox Sabonis little stack there and see what we do here. Yeah. Marcus smart. Obviously Rob Williams available to me next. I can, I can look to the Lakers. I can look to clay to go with my Steph. Lakers are gone. <laughs> I can look to clay to go with my Steph. I can look to Michael Porter jr and go with some cheaper nuggets. I don't know how much I love taking only like MPJ and KCP, but it's not, it's also just because you don't have Jokic, excuse me, does not mean you should absolutely never, ever. So I'm thinking this through with Marcus Smart. And one thing 
thinking through the positions, right? So I've already taken two guards from the West and I have a wing from Boston and Boston has obviously smart is the best guard, but they also still have Brogdon and Derek white. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take clay, give myself a little wing. And then, you know, who knows, maybe smart, smart falls back to me five picks away here, but also in terms of guards, I still have Celtics guards later, right? That's why I have putting this up in the queue is just really helpful because I can see, okay, I could take smart here, but I have Steph and I have Fox and I'm building for the Celtics and they have two cheap guards, Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon, who are worse than Marcus Smart, but they're pretty good for fantasy too. And so being able to see that in real time and know it, super, super helpful. So Portis, Maxi, and Ant go. So again, I have started what exactly Adam Adam says now you probably want a Celtics big. Exactly. So now I have I know I don't need to force Marcus Smart. I have Time Lord, Rob Williams, and Al Horford ready for me. And then I have the two cheaper Celtics guards. And boom, right? If I get one of these guys and one of these guys, I got my three Celtics, and they're also a guard. And there goes Rob. Who is that? You asshole. That took Rob Williams. I have my three Celtics. They also fill out all three positions, guard, wing, big. And now I can just really do whatever the heck I want to do. You know, so I'm I am actually going to take Al Horford here because that big element, I mean, I prefer Marcus Smart to Al Horford, of course. But that big element opens up everything to me. Right? I could take a I could take a falling smart here at this next pick in the seventh round. Or I can go back over look for my third Western conference team. You also don't have to do three Western conference teams. If you want to just say, look, I'm going to give myself as many outs as possible. Take Celtics, Warriors, Kings. You can do that too, right? There's no, it's the big thing about these playoff contests. There's no like right or wrong, unless you're not building for scenarios. And if you can pick how many scenarios you build for, I personally prefer like, like what I was setting out to do here. Celtics make it, make my stand on one side. All right, um, the Celtics are making the final. That's my thing. And then I give myself three teams on the other side, right? Three out of 10 or three out of eight teams on the other side. And I don't give a shit who, who makes it out of Warriors, Kings, and whoever, right? I don't care. You can also do that with two. Like I said, you can, you can do that and load up a little bit more. Now you have more players. If those teams do make a run, you have more players at your disposal to score points in your lineup throughout the playoffs. And if you make the finals, you'll have more than the minimum amount of players. So you have a little extra outs, right? Neither way is, is any better necessarily than the other, but so I am going to take smart here. That works out well. And so now I have my three Celtics. I have a big, a wing and a guard. I have a really balanced team with two warriors two Kings. I, like I said, I can go back to the Celtics. I can go back to the Kings. I can go back to the Warriors or I can build another team in there. Right. And I'm talking all this about, I personally would like to have three Western conference teams, give myself that extra out to either the West team that makes it to the championship or just a West team that makes a run. Right. Maybe the, like I said, the, the Lakers are maybe not the best example because both LeBron and AD are gone. But I mean, if you wanted to draft D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell and Vanderbilt or Beasley or Reeves onto this, which maybe, maybe I might do that. You give yourself another, a third team, 
right? You could also say this third, this last team, this fourth team that I'm going to draft for, right? I have three teams, Celtics, Kings, Warriors. This last team that I'm going to draft for is just going to be helping me advance. So I'm okay if it's on the East, right? If it's in the East, particularly maybe it's on the opposite side of the bracket from the Celtics. It's As long as you are thinking through the scenario in which you win this tournament and building the, putting all these little puzzle pieces together around that scenario, the way you construct the puzzle pieces, there's a million options. It's not a, it's not a normal puzzle, right? They're, they're clay. It's clay. You're shit. You're molding this shit out of clay. And so no pun intended since I took clay you're it's, it's very, very, very flexible. So, Ooh, ooh. this is interesting. I'm going to put cat in the queue. I'm going to put D'Lo in the queue. All right. I, I can't, I can't in good faith sit here and say I'm standing the Lakers and not go with the Lakers. And so uh, Adam says, if the Lakers make it, um, you need one to LeBron or AD at least to win first, though, I would think. I think that that is a, a, very, a very fair point, but also not 100% true. We don't really know. We don't really know. I, I think it's a more than reasonable thing, but D'Lo's also been awesome for for the Lakers. If he has an awesome playoff run, Austin Reeves has been killer, absolutely killer for the Lakers. If he is part of you know what makes a run, I think that that's totally fine, and they can be helpful pieces even if they don't make the championship, like we said. And so I, I think that there's definitely an argument to be made. I hear lots of people make make that argument about you don't want to have these stacks without the best players. But I think that that's I think that that's a little oversimplifying the um, situation. And so I don't have to reach for who I wanted. To. So what what I am going to do here is is I'm I'm going to take Brogdon and just go f- so we're going to go with a 4 2 2 2 team four Celtics and two players from three different Western conference teams. And so I just need to be live. I totally understand the, uh, the thought of if you make the finals and the Lakers make it LeBron and 80 teams might have a leg up on you, but LeBron and 80 teams might not have whatever this combination of players, right? How many teams are going to have Lakers and Celtics? I don't, I actually don't know what that answer is, but I don't think you should only build with the top players from specific teams. I think you're, you're a, you're probably doing what everyone else is doing, right? And B, you're removing potential outcomes of you advancing through this tournament and having a really live team in the finals. If I said you could make the finals and you're the only Celtics and Lakers make the championship, you have four Celtics. You just have D'Angelo Russell versus LeBron James. D'Lo needs to outscore LeBron in the finals. You are a dog, right? You're, you, are a, you are an underdog, but you're the only team with D'Lo, and there's 25 teams with LeBron. Which would you rather have? I would rather have D'Lo. I'm probably going to lose, but in that chance that D'Lo has a big finals, outscores LeBron, I win first, solo first. Right. And so those are the kinds of scenarios that I think you remove from your range of outcomes. If you just say, I would never draft 
you know, Lakers if I don't have the best player. I would never draft Nuggets if I don't have Jokic. I would never draft the Sixers if I don't have Embiid. Because there's a lot of scenarios in which they help you even if they don't make the finals. Now we're going to we're going to go to the new the new Lakers goat. We're going to take Austin Reeves. So I can fill a starting lineup in the finals no matter what happens. Obviously a little guard heavy with six guards. I think generally speaking, if you had to pick a preference, you would be a little bit more balanced at each position. But also, I mean, when you when you spend your first on Jason Tatum and then you spend the 27th overall pick on Clay Thompson and you have Sabonis, let me pull the team back up, and you have Sabonis, and then, of course, Horford backfilling for Sabonis, I don't think it matters too much. I do think people worry too much about positions as well. The scenario is almost the only thing that matters. And in any of these three scenarios, Celtics Kings, Celtics Warriors, Celtics Lakers, I can fill out an entire roster. And I actually have one extra player. I have six players that would make the finals. So I have a little bit of that luxury, which is also part of what could potentially offset that. Oh, the Lakers made the finals and you don't have LeBron. Well, I got six players. So I'm going to toss one of these guys back, right? Reeves, Smart, Brogdon, whatever, are going to get tossed toss back in that scenario and so um fun fun draft i can't believe i've become a, a a lakers guy good question artem says why not luca as a one-off with that 51st pick just in case to help through round one so for me i don't ever worry about um getting help through round one and here's why this isn't the nfl these are seven game series and technically luca could help right to get you out of round one and he probably would help you get out out of round one but games played is more is not more important it's a just as important as a single game projection if luca plays four games and austin this is a really bad example but but De'Aaron fox plays seven i don't need luca's score i don't need luca's score and luca may not even make (laughs) luca may not even make the playoffs they're not even in the play-in right now so like Luca, Luca going to Luca going. I get you know he didn't go 20, 29th in this draft, obviously, as you said with the fifty first pick. But this is such a unique format that how I like to view it. Again, I don't. Ha- I haven't solved world hunger. Haven't solved this format. But how I like to view it is take the teams that are worried about the final, like worried about my scenario and how I how I navigate through all of this with the eyes on the final and worry about the first, right. Worry about advancing out of the first round, advancing out of the second round. I just kind of let that, that variance play out in itself. If I drafted, if I drafted Steph Curry, De'Aaron Fox, Jason Tatum, Clay Thompson, DeMontis Sabonis, if I drafted those guys and I need a one-off Luca to advance out of the first round, then my guys probably failed. And that team probably died anyway. You know, it's not that simple, but it's also possible that Luca didn't help me at all. And then I just wasted a roster spot because it didn't play to my scenario, right? I'm not playing for the Mavs in on this team. I'm not saying you can't play for the Mavs. So it's very funny that the Mavs did not get drafted here. Uh, really, really funny with a 29 ADP. Luca did not get drafted. You sicko sharps, but I'm just not playing for that, right? You really don't make any money advancing out of the first round. You make money by making the finals. And I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm playing for. 
but it's a very good it's a very good question because I, I don't think it's like totally totally cut cut and dry should we do one more you guys got me all let's do one one more we'll wrap we'll wrap with one more big board draft big board jesus christ there's too many goddamn best ball tournaments out there right now i can't even we need two again two more of you sickos out there and let's fill one um this see this is this is the this is definitely true artem says uh i agree just thinking luca playoff magic can make any game be seven a hundred percent that's why i think luca at his adp 29 or even anywhere near 29 is it's 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 way overpriced they're not even in the play-in right now nonetheless in the actual playoffs and they're not very good <laughs> but like you said luca is luca man that dude is a stone cold killer if if they make it into the play-in and then win the play-in and then push the nuggets or whatever to seven games would i be surprised i mean maybe a little but not it's luca and Kyrie, dude they they could go score 130 points a night not those two but the team they could it's possible so i don't think that luca and Kyrie are off the table in terms of picking but i think that your again your scenario and your strategy and how you put the little puzzle pieces together is the most important and and i did not build for any maps now if i had gotten to that point the interesting thing about luca and Kyrie there like on on that team is that i had gotten to the lakers point and i chose d'angelo russell and austin reeves over them because i like the lakers a little better but if you would have said don't take don't take D'Lo and Reeves. Take Luca and Kyrie. I, I I think that that would be totally reasonable too. So that's that's just like all the different elements. All right, let's do something different here. Let's do uh, let's do KD this time. Let's do we'll do K, we'll do Kevin Durant back tonight. Suns are my favorite. I think the Suns are pretty clearly the best team in the West with KD. Flawed. Don't, they only have four players that I would trust, but still the best. I mean, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, even with CP, CP3 falling back and with Aiden just being, he's, Aiden's good, but Devin Booker and, and KD, it's just ridiculous, especially with those other two guys. So let's, let's build for some sons. Welcome, David. Welcome, welcome. Travis says, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they lost the first game of the play in either the Mavs. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> if you've been watching them, and you, it, I'm sure you guys saw the Luka interview after they lost to the Hornets, and then they proceeded to lose to the Hornets. Okay. We started with the Suns. So, again, we don't have to force the Suns. Doesn't mean, like, there's no Booker here, which, goddamn, I just wish we could get Booker one time. I can I can go with the non Giannis Bucks route. Let me think here. Yeah, that's interesting. I am gonna I am gonna do that. I'm gonna do non Giannis because I can also. I think you can win. Again, this is like the Lakers without LeBron and AD, or the um, you know, uh, Nuggets without Jokic lesser version of that uh, i think drew and middleton and even like brooke and these guys are better than um what you might get for, i love jamal murray and, and aaron gordon and stuff but from a fantasy sense those other guys are a little bit better but i i don't think people will build this way i think what you get typically is Giannis, and then oh i got Giannis. i gotta get drew and or middleton 
and you don't get the inverse, which is KD, right? So let's build for the Suns with a secondary buck stack. Nobody does that. And again, I need KD probably what? Oh, here we go. Now we're going to Eaton. See this work? Look at this. I love it. Right. And then am I am I going to go out here and pray that uh, uh, KD beats Giannis in the championship? Yeah, that's what I would have to be doing. But there's also nuance to it, right? Like not every – not if I get um, – so I have Drew, Aiton, and KD. It's, the, it's not just KD versus Giannis. It might be, but it also could be KD plus Aiton versus Giannis plus Middleton, right? Or, or, or some combination of that. It's these different player combinations, right? Now I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell. So I'm building for the Suns. And then Donnie, Donnie would give me the start to another East team. Right, I kind of like it this way. This is weird. The West is more wide open, but it kind of feels fun. It feels a little more natural, I guess I should say. You start KD, Aiton, and then, I mean, if, if you didn't take Drew, I think that that's totally fine too, right? You went to a different team in the East. But getting, like I can get, I again, I know you won't have like Giannis and Tatum or whatever, but you can get the best Suns players with the second best Bucks, you know, second to third best Bucks Celtics and a flyer, whether it's Cavs, Heat, Knicks, right? Pick your pick your Eastern Conference like prayer team. You can get these fun comments. See, I could do I could do Randall right here or Jimmy. Super interesting. And then my third son is gonna be I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Randall. We're going to do Julius Randle. The other nice thing about Randle is it gives me another big to Aiton. I'm obviously locked into two guards. But wing is... I, I, Jimmy, I guess, would have given me another wing to to KD. Yeah, this is this is 100% true. But the, the flip side would be, I don't care which one of them gets through. And if they go seven games, you know, what if the Cavs take the Bucks to seven games? Well, then I obviously have to deal with some Giannis, but it all, but I, it might be offset by Donovan Mitchell and whatever other Cavs I get. And then I'm, I'm just guaranteeing I have a team in the conference championship. Right. So I've bet that I'm on the suns. I, the suns are my bet. Do I actually really care if I have, if the, if, if I have the teams that play in the second round, because what I'm getting is a guaranteed team to make the, uh, Conference final. So now the question becomes, the Cavs aren't going to have a wing. I think I'm going to take a... Mm. So this is the problem. Is uh, Wings. Shit. I don't want to take Luca. We are going to take Brunson. Just to make sure I get the two best Knicks. Now I got to think through my wings, right? Um... Bucks, Bucks wing, or you know, I you. This is where you can just like say KD is my wing. Let's get into the dumpsters with the other Suns guys. And this is where I literally said in the first draft that oh, you should just add all the add all the other players from that team onto your um. Oh, Akogi's a guard. 
Okay, it might be Tori Craig or TJ Warren. <laughs> okay. We'll just put those guys in the queue and pray. Good take. Good take from Sags here. Maz remind me of the wall and Beal Wizards of the past. Two talented guys surrounded by a roster of guys who potentially may not be in the NBA next year. Yeah, and I do they have some like Josh Green's pretty good. Jaden Hardy is looking good. Maxi Kleber. I, I do think if Maxi gets healthy, it does they they probably really need Maxi to get healthy. But um yeah, they're they're just it's a really small team and yeah, they're just a mess. Okay, you guys are giving I think Okay, given what I have with Aiton and Randall, I think Garland is the best player to add to this team. The Suns don't have any more guards, really. I want to take, I guess, a Kogi. The Knicks don't have any guards. I want to take... Oh, shit. Almost, I was almost about to take Tory Craig. We're going to go Garland, and we have to figure out this wing thing. Yeah, seriously. Sad times when you desperately need Maxi Cleaver. Like they're they're literally their chances of not only not only doing anything in the playoffs, but just making the goddamn play in rest on Maxi Cleaver's uh, health. What a time to be alive! So I'll save these sons for. Now I need to think this through. So I have my two Knicks. I have my two Cavs. I don't have my two Bucks. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, oh here we go. Oh, God, they're all guards. Let's see? I just don't know that Joe Ingles has the juice. I'm just going to add them all to the queue and give myself the... Give myself the optionality. What we might do... Is just add Allen or Mobley... Also, why does Mobley go so much higher than it? All right, so here's what I'm going to do. We're just going to take Tory Craig and then see, because I think both Allen and Mobley make sense here, and just adding the extra calves, because I'm no matter what happens, I have my my finals matchup, right? Because Phoenix is covered. The wing is covered, both Phoenix guys. Big is covered with Phoenix. And I have guards from all, of th- all three of the uh, Eastern Conference teams. I need another buck to make sure that I have the bucks covered. And again, if you wanted to argue you don't need to cover that fifth spot for the bucks or take another sun, I think that that's fine. Um, I personally prefer to just make sure that every situation, you know, every scenario that I plan for has outs to win. Okay. So Mobley goes, so I'm going to take Jared Allen. Uh yeah, th- this is what is. Sorry, my uh, mouse just stopped cooperating. Connaughton is a guard, which I did not. This is me exposing myself here live on stream. You can show, you can uh, see my positional knowledge. Uh, I, I I was assuming, thinking <laughs> thinking through it really quickly in real time. I'm like, oh well, it's it's Connaughton and Grayson and Ingles, right, and Jay Crowder or whatever. They're all going to be wings particularly thinking Connaughton was probably the guy I wanted to draft and Connaughton is a guard. <laughs> so, uh, and Bobby Portis is a big, I believe he was also gone, but yeah, Portis is a big, so food for food for thought. Yeah. I would assume Pat was a wing too, but remember that in your future drafts. So now 
Cavs are obviously good. Now I'm going to, I'm personally going to take one of these Bucks guys. Cause I also am pretty good in terms of like, if you're worried about the advance rate thing, I mean, Drew Holiday, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, Darius Garland, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Julius Randle, and Jared Allen. Those dudes can't score enough points for me in the first round. The team was just screwed anyway. So I want to make sure that I have my scenarios covered at this point in the draft. And my final remaining scenario is that I need uh, wings, particularly a wing from the Bucks. So I'm actually going to take Jay Crowder. I know it's gross. But I think if I have to take a wing, if I have to take a Bucks wing, if Connaughton were a wing, that's who I would like to take. But if I'm deciding between, obviously non-Middleton, but if I'm deciding between um, Jay Crowder and Joe Ingles, if there's one of the two that has upside to play like a ton more minutes in a playoff series, I think it's. I just don't think Ingles has outs to playing a much expanded role. Crowder probably will not play a much expanded role. I think Connaughton, Grayson, maybe even Javon Carter have a little bit of better chances to do that. But if right, Jay Crowder is a proven versatile three slash four, has to be more of a three for the Bucks or or a small ball four with Giannis. At center, I just think the versatility that Crowder provides gives him outs to play more. And we've seen we've seen his track record, even though he really hasn't played um, much this year. So, kind of the deciding factor, very much so uh, biased for me. But um, to run to to read back the team super quickly, we started with KD in the first round to start out a, a little sun stack, and then. Uh, Got funky, got a little fun in the East. Went to the Bucks with Drew, came back with Aiton. So we got real two, you know, two of the top four sons. That's about all you can ask for given the ADPs. You might be able to get three. You might be able to get KD, CP3, and Aiton. Um, maybe Booker will fall to you if you take if you take KD, depending where you, where you get KD. But it's it's definitely going to be a balancing act with the Suns because all the top four guys go pretty high. Um, so I'm I'm totally fine getting two of them. Because then I really kind of loaded up on the east side. East side. If you're from if you're from here, uh, shout out East St. Louis. Drew Holiday, uh, at with Aiton again in the second third round. Then we come back with Donovan Mitchell, and who's next? Randall and then Brunson. So we we got the Knicks' best two players. We got the Bucks' second best player. We got the Cavs' best player. Right. So now, oh, okay, Darius Garland. Got the Cavs' second-best player. And then just the way things worked out and the way things will probably often work out with the Suns is that you may just have to – right. I took Torrey Craig to make sure it just gave me that extra wing and gave me that extra Sun. I needed that extra Suns player. But you may have to kind of do a little bit of – you know, a little, little dancing around the Suns. It's not that, it's not that straightforward with uh, figuring out the Suns because they really only have four players you want to draft. Um, but I do think drafting the Torrey Craig's, Josh Okogie's, TJ Warren's of the world is probably smart in these contests. Just give you that last guy. And if he ends up being the guy that's playing 36 minutes a night, by the time the playoffs, you know, in, or in any playoff series, it could fluctuate. Um, I think those guys would be valuable, you know, in the last round or second to last round. Then uh, like I said, drafted Tory Craig talked about the Jay Crowder thing, Deandre Ayton, Julius Randall and Jared Allen at big. So like a really well-balanced team other than uh, outside of KD at wing, it's really bad. So hopefully the Suns don't sweep anybody. But honestly, I made the bet on the Suns. And so 
as long as the Suns don't sweep, I'm going to get, you know, five, six, seven games of KD at wing. He's my wing. Craig and Crowder are finals flex plays. You know, what you need to maybe win the tournament if if it's Suns, Bucks, or Craig, if it's Suns, Knicks, might need Craig in that flex, right? I would need Craig in that flex. And so, um, or, you know, however you would to you were to draft this team, he just fits into the long-term plans. I'm not using Torrey Craig's score ever. Let's just be clear. I'm not using Jay Crowder's score ever. It's an eight-man team. But the other eight guys, pretty fucking good. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. And so you're set up for Suns Cavs, you're set up for Suns Knicks, and you're set up for Suns Bucks. The Suns Bucks is, of course, you know, where you get into – how do we deal with you have KD and not Giannis? But that's what get to the finals first and then see how it breaks. It's possible that Giannis, you know, you could get to the finals and you want KD more. It's possible that there's not any Giannis teams in the finals, right? There's just so much variance to how these things play out in the NFL this past NFL playoffs, right? There are guys that are super, super chalky in the literally in the finals, because of what they did to help people get there. And but you don't want to have them. Or the opposite is true. There could just be no right. KD goes the Bucks sweep three times. Right? Let's just say the Bucks sweep three times. KD outscores all these, like a lot of these guys, KD, Randall, Brunson, every, they're all outscoring Giannis the whole time. Now, if you were able to sneak a Giannis team through, that would be awesome. But you, there may not, it's possible there's not even a yacht. If the Bucks just sweep everybody, you just want KD and figure it out when you get to the finals because you, we you weren't getting to the finals with Giannis. But this team still has outs. If the Bucks sweep three times, you can still win this tournament with these two Bucks and the Suns. Right, and that's the kind of scenario thing where, like, when people say you ha- you you need to have the best player on that team, it's not true. If they if they sweep, like all my other guys are going to outscore Giannis. Like, I Giannis is going to crush. He's Giannis, but like Donovan Mitchell is going to crush. Jalen Brunson is going to crush. Right, Julius Randle is going to crush. These guys are going to put up big games too. And if they get two or three more games than Giannis every round. Of course, that's a that's a wild you know a sweep every single round is a bit crazy, but things happen. They well maybe it's five games in the second round, and then maybe that maybe in the conference championships, right? It's them and the Celtics, and it's a, a longer series or something. But it's very possible that these kind of teams win or are very very live in the championship because the playoffs are crazy and game count matters. It's not just advancing. Right, because some teams are going to play almost double the amount of games that other teams are going to play. If you sweep, another team goes seven. That's three more. Right, the Cavs go seven. The Bucks sweep. That's three more Donovan Mitchell games. Three more Darius Garland games than Giannis is going to play. They're going to outscore him. <laughs> no, even though he's amazing, he might score two hundred fifty points in four games. But these other guys are going to going to they get seven games. You know. So anyway, enough enough about that. Enough about me rambling. We will definitely be doing more of these drafts. Hopefully you enjoyed this. I really enjoyed it. Now I got the itch to draft tons of these playoff best ball teams. Like I said at the top, this is my 
personally my favorite format of best ball. We just talked an hour and didn't cover every, like not even close to every single possible strategy element that we could cover. So we will draft more teams here live on stream. If you're in the discord and you're ever looking to fill a draft, make sure you post it. Um, there's a channel called want to draft, or we also obviously have NBA best ball channels that you can get these drafts filled. I'm excited over the course of the next couple of weeks to hammer out these drafts with all of you guys. And like I said, we'll be back to do a bunch more strategy content, much more draft.